ladies and gentlemen, this week, the degenerate portfolio loses a little bit of steam. Bond yields jolted higher, leading to pullbacks in the NASDAQ and emerging markets. But I'll be honest with you, I don't really understand bonds. Haven't since college. And let's be honest, you probably don't either. But James Lynn does, and he explains to us what the hay went on. And uh, the darling of our RI, Plug, saw a little, uh, a little bit of structural pressure this week as it issued more common stock, but we're still bullish there. More importantly, hope springs eternal. A new prospect identified by the blind oracle Robert Nunez Tiger, T-I-G-R, the so-called Robin Hood of China, uh, a suspiciously large call position, a bullish position was taken out this week by a mysterious investor, and so we follow suit and hope that Chinese equities get a bit of a boost from whatever's going on with Tiger. We discuss all that and more. Are you tracking the the Coinbase IPO at all? Mm-mm. But is it is it related to, to BTC? Oh yeah. My <laughs> friend Jobin just messaged me about it. Like he was just interested in what would happen. And then I didn't know about it. So I Googled it. It's like a marketplace for Bitcoin for retail investors, basically. You can store it. BTC or Ethereum, you can buy it, sell it. It's like, you know. Yeah, what is it at? 52, 54,000? BTC? Yeah, it's like, but but yeah, that's something else to put it in because that's the reason why we haven't bought it, right? Because it's not really in our accounts. You know, we all our accounts tied up in these things and I don't want to move my capital to like start a new account. But you might have to if you want to get into it, right? Yeah, well, um, my friend, Joe, also, I, I sent you the link. He's, he's telling me about this other thing, BlockFi, where you essentially, like, I, I don't know. You can deposit Bitcoin that you own, at, like, or Ethereum or whatever. They have a stable of cryptos and then make interest on it. Or you can use U.S. dollars to buy stablecoin, whatever that is, and you get 8.6% APR. Sounds too good to be true, so it must, it must not, it's not going to work. But he says it's fine, so I'm going to try it. I'm just going to put a little bit in it. Why not? Okay. 
Yeah, 8.6. Okay. <laughs> what do you think, Robert? 8.6? I mean, come on. Yeah. Not, he's not taking the bait? It's up to 8.6. <laughs> yeah, up to. <laughs> now, if Bitcoin goes and drops in value back to 30,000, you, I'll probably owe this company money. Who knows what's <laughs> yeah. going to happen? So question on that, because I missed the first time along. Um, do you have to buy a cryptocurrency and you get paid interest on that, or are you depositing dollars into this? Yes. Yeah, so you can, let's say you own a tenth of a Bitcoin or whatever. You can deposit that, or you can use American dollars to buy U.S. stable coin. I don't know what that is, which is it's uh, it's some crypto that's pegged to a basket of crypto currencies. I don't know. Obviously, clearly, I don't know what I'm talking about. But you can basically convert it into this stable coin and then earn interest on that. So you can kind of go two roads or you can do both. Got it. I mean, it, to your point, it sounds too good to be true. But also, if it's 8%, it hardly seems worth the risk. Especially if you're not actually owning like Bitcoin and you don't profit off of its appreciation and all you're getting is 8%, like why would you? Or in my case, I'm just looking for, remember when like Goldman came out with Marcus and like yeah. they first came out with it, there was like a sweetheart deal where the APR was like really high. I can't remember. I want to say it was like 3%. It's like, oh, I can just put my savings money here and actually get interest instead of nothing when you use Bank of America or whatever. And so I, I, I looked, I thought about opening that and then Marcus had to like retract its rates to basically nothing, just like the other retail guys. So now with this BlockFi, I'm like, oh, I can earn interest. Now, will I actually earn interest probably not as i said i'll probably end up owing block five money somehow but i don't know i'm, I'm going to try it i'm just to do a little taster see how it does and if it does well i'll put all my money in it and then it won't do well and then i'll lose everything so feels good feels good are you but this is what i was asking james are you aware of the have you been tracking at all the coinbase ipo this is all. This is all for my my friend Joe. He's he's cutting edge on crypto. He owns a tenth of a coin, a tenth of a Bitcoin. Pretty good. Pretty pretty good. You're not you're not on the. You've not been following the Coinbase IPO, Bobby. Uh, I mean, I've like followed it. Tangentially. Tangentially, yeah, but like, I won't be buying into the IPO or any cryptos anytime soon. The only thing I use crypto for is uh, my bovaline transactions. So. True. Um, yeah, I, it's, an it's more interesting as a thing a person could use as like a marketplace for buying and selling crypto. But the, the valuation is going to be nuts though. You know, the IPO is going to be insane. So there's not going to be a good price to get in. Just like all the other IPOs. Right. But I mean, 
as I was able to do with, with Airbnb, you can definitely make money uh, through the options market. You just, you just sort of have to play the volatility, which I'm sure something like a Coinbase will have plenty of. So, mm, yes, yes, maybe maybe the crypto cats will finally take off, huh? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I'm I'm, not, I'm out of that business though. Boarded, boarded up my windows. So it's, it's over. Well, so James, I guess we can look. Should we return to the uh, regular economy? with with regular currencies yeah physical yeah <laughs> physical uh it was not a good week for the the dbp yeah or the dp degenerate portfolio <laughs> uh, so the nasdaq uh, nasdaq and emerging markets lost ground this week uh the dow i think ended up being up a little bit actually but uh at least as it relates to the NASDAQ and tech, um, the the pullback is driven by really bond yields going higher. And kind of all of a sudden, I can't remember, was it Wednesday? Um, so what, why? So basically traders are, or investment managers are now rebalancing towards bonds or they did on that day. So what happened with bonds in the, in, in your view, in the Professor Adjunctus school of thought, yeah, there's um. Well, I guess first, first with with all the growth stocks that were in that that's heavily weighted on the the, the general portfolio. You do the discounted cash flow, and you want that that tail end. You want you want bond yields to be low because all the growth is on the out years. Right. So so yeah, high high yields hurt hurt growth stocks. They're good for the, the value stocks, all the stuff in the Dow. And so, yeah, that's why we got slaughtered. And so, with um, you know, with 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 bond yields, it's it's there's like the straightforward theory, which is bond yields theoretically should just be uh, GDP growth plus the inflation rate. That should be your yield. But then there's more complex. So that and that's the thing with um, inflation expectations. People are expecting inflation to to hit uh, with this whole inflation trade with with, with the COVID and and the vaccine. So there's the inflation story, but then there's also more complex supply and demand dynamics, where you have uh, a lot of you know with 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 Joey B doing his 1.9 trillion, and maybe follow that up with an infrastructure package of probably another trillion, along with all the debt that we had before from the last stimulus. Um, we have a ton of supply of treasuries going on the market, so that actually is going to drive up yields because now traders need a higher rate of return to to. To, to get in with all, with all this influx of supply. But then you also have the Fed and the Fed can always just print out more money and buy treasuries and do what the yield curve control, what they call it, um, the same way the ECB does it, even though they don't call it yield curve control, it kind of is what they do. Uh, but it seems like the Fed probably doesn't want to do that or at least some of the investors are speculating that they don't want to do that. So that's, so that's the, there's still all these dynamics going on. It gets really complicated but at the end of the day, uh, you know, yields are higher for, for, for those, for those reasons. Um, so even in, within the week though, the yields kind of settled back down even by Friday. Right. So is, is this yep. kind of just a blip? Well, the yields were up today, but then, but then all, all our, uh, <laughs> the, uh, our, our, our tech stocks and our uh, speculative stocks are up too. So it was kind of an opposite day, opposite day, but 
you know, <laughs> it, it is, it is what, what <laughs> it's hard to really make sense of. And I'm really having a hard time really making sense of it because, you know, I, I can see, you can make a good case for bond yields going below 1%. You can make a good case for them being going past 2%. And it's, I, I think it's a coin flip for me, but I've seen really compelling cases for both narratives. Well, so our darling as well, Plug. Plug was a little more, a, a more direct story of they issued a shitload more new stock, right? 1.8 billion of common stock. So it was down, was it down 11% yesterday, but then it was back up 10% today. It had a bad week. Mm-hmm. So Robert asked the question, if you come out, if you're no longer at 10X, are you still part of the 10X club? And I said, fuck you, Robert. If you get to 10X, you're in the 10X club. We're still, we're still up a shit ton on plug, but it, it still feels like there's all these fundamental tailwinds working in their favor. And this is kind of just like near-term mechanics on plug working against us, right? Plus all the dynamics you, you highlighted in the macro environment. Yeah, and, and uh, well, today I, I actually did sell some calls on plug uh, at 60. So it's just the smart thing to do, given that we're up so much and it's such a volatile thing. And you know, like Robert said, like, you know, play the volatility. And so it's a good thing to just do every month. You know, when once I, I sold calls back before, I didn't, I didn't get into new calls this month, but I will, you know, for next month expiration. So it's just a good, I think, a good strategy. Yeah. To have, but yeah. Well, speaking of volatility, Robert, Tell us, tell us about your new prospect, which I must say fits neatly into the adorable stock call sign theory of investing. It hits, you're, you're checking a lot of boxes. We got an adorable call sign. It's in China. It's related to FinTech and the, you're uh, hot to trot on it. What, what are you looking at? this week uh, so so the newest buy for me is um tiger it's t-i-g-r t-i-g-r yeah uh it's up fintech holding limited known as the uh the robin hood of of china yeah and uh as you pointed out it, it checks a lot of boxes but for me specifically there was a massive bet in the options market um, it was a bullish risk reversal where you sell some puts, you take those proceeds to buy some calls, and these calls were like, I don't know, 60% out of the money and expire in uh, in a month. I'm obviously not quite that aggressive, but still, there was a ton of money that went into this. Um, so yeah, I, I, I bought some shares and I sold some expensive calls against it. So I'm, I'll probably be in this for about three or so weeks, but ultimately... It, it sounds like someone's expecting, what is it, like about 50 to 60% upside in the next month. So. Well, it's, it's already been on a tear. Um, but, you know, could, could be, I'm not saying it's going to be in the 10X club, but one that could overnight have some success based on whatever this nefarious trade is. And you pointed out, could could be good for Chinese equities overall, maybe. Right, because ultimately the 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 biggest piece of news attached to this right when I saw this hit was that China might be lifting some restrictions on uh, on investment, so capital being able to flow in and out. Um, 
And if that's the case, it definitely bodes well for investment in general, because apparently there's a lot of things that you're not able to to do in China. So it's the old adage of, uh, you know, if there's a gold rush, you don't want to be digging for gold. You want to be selling picks and shovels. This is it. A hundred percent. And I will add that when I bought it on Merrill, which astonishingly, Merrill let me, it did throw up a huge advisory. And I don't know if they're doing this for everything or it's because it was Tiger that was like, be ca- the gist of it was be careful with shit that's buzzy on social media because you might lose your house. And I was like, and I'm in the right place. Please proceed. So, yeah, I mean, not, not, only, not only was there a, a huge options bet, but uh, the chart looks pretty nice in that, you know, it had been respecting the 20-day the moving average and it had a move back down where it stopped just short of it. So I'm inclined to think this goes higher. But again, I did sell calls against it, so it does provide protection of the downside while still giving me um, upside exposure. James, are you going in? Are you joining us? Yeah, I'll think about it. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it's, it's that's a platform. And I think, you know, with, with regulation, sure. It just goes into the EM story. Oh, here's another. Yeah, here's another thing. It's a platform. Hello? Another another box we just checked. Come on. Yeah. Uh, so I guess on a related note, if, if Tiger is the Robin Hood of China... Robin Hood is Robin Hood of America this week. There was the uh, congressional theater where a bunch of random Congress people yelled at the CEO of Robin Hood, who, by the way, looks like a young Dracula. Don't you think? He's got long hair. He's some sort of Eastern European. He's slender. And obviously, he's very smart. Um, well, there's there's a thing going around on social media that he also looks an awful lot like uh, Roaring Kitty. Yeah, DFV. Yeah, so they might be the same person. What was what what's uh, Roaring Kitty's real name? Isn't it just like Keith Johnson? <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. Um. So I mean, I. I had it on in the background. It was mildly, it was just mildly annoying, to be honest, and accomplished nothing. And also just like whenever something like this happens, don't you think it just displays the ignorance of lawmakers about anything complex? They just use it for political posturing. They just yeah, yeah. use it Theater. to say what they want to say about the situation and, and that's it like don't you know the republicans would say oh it's because of dodd frank that's the problem damn that dodd frank and then democrats would say you know damn those hedge funds they're <laughs> damn wall street i mean if if anything came out of this for me anyway and unfortunately i didn't watch most of it is that everyone more or less did what they were supposed to so yeah, yeah. like there there is no like malicious actor in all of this because if you're like the kids on Robin Hood of course you're trying to make money if you're whoever else you're doing your part like it's all a you know it's all an economy we all participated and we all did what we had to do it just 
shit happens and we forget that sometimes well that is a good point which is it's not like we're investigating an act of terrorism where like a crime was committed it was just an episode that was really popular for multiple reasons although there was was one bipartisan issue that both sides agreed on which is they don't like short selling which is something that only hedge funds can do but that they're not gonna probably introduce any new regulation so yeah basically a a big nothing burger is what came out of it so they are gonna have two more hearings god knows why they're having two more that's what i heard yeah I also don't get like what some of those people are doing there. I, I understand you can ask the CEO of Robin Hood, hey, why did you stop this, the, the buying of it? But what does the Reddit CEO have to do with any of this? Yeah, that one is just the fact that the Reddit CEO is there kind of proves the point that the point that you were making, or James, that you were making, that it's just grandstanding. It's like, the CEO of Reddit is just the guy that owns the forum. That's it. Yeah, no coherent point whatsoever. But uh, I don't know. I mean, apparently, apparently the uh, the Reddit kids are still having their run at at you know trying to uh, drive things up. I think this week their their whole thing is like volunteer which completely shook the bet after earnings. <laughs> so, I don't know. The, 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 the best explanation I heard about what's going on there is like, you have all these kids who are trying to stick it to the man, like trying to beat the house at a casino, and the way you're going to do that is by becoming a, a, a gambling addict. It's like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, uh, so the buzz is though, they're trying to drum up, drum up, palantir like pump and dump like they did with gamestop after it shit the bed or i I think they've been added especially because your your girl kathy bay took the position in it too oh interesting i don't i don't know if i like that from kathy bay (laughs) although james you kind of like palantir well i like shorting it (laughs) it turned out well i think what like december i think i did it and yeah i made a little bit of money there but yeah, definitely people think twice before shorting it now. I mean, I like it at maybe 15, 10, but not at whatever 30 is right now. Yeah. Well, on the one hand, I've never I've never been a huge fan of, of um, like doing what those people do. And then I, I understand the whole thing that, you know, if you're a good company, you don't make money. But First I do... I, I do feel like if interest rates creep up any higher, it definitely bodes poorly for all of this. And and Kathy Wood was on CNBC earlier in the week saying, we don't want things that make money. We want things that invest heavily. Fantastic. That would have worked for the last three years, but the second the 10 gets anything close to 2%, I would run. Um, just because you can't have it both ways where you say, hey, interest rates are going up because the economy is improving. It's the classical reflation trade. And at the same time, justify infinite earnings multiples 
on the basis of low interest rates. Like those two things cannot coexist. So I do feel like that's part of why we got killed uh, this week. And at the end of the day, things are worth whatever people are willing to pay for them, which is why today everything went up, including interest rates. But in a long-term horizon, yeah, I, I would be cautious in this, in this environment. But Robert, you're forgetting about the curve of disruptive innovation. I mean, go to the ARC site and look at those lines, okay? And then come back and tell me that you're nervous, okay? Well, as, I, as, I said, as I've said the last couple of weeks, I'm very uncomfortable with where the market is. So I'm not overly long. I'm not overly short. All I'm doing yeah. is I'm trading, I'm trading volatility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But will you... Will you will you ever be comfortable in the long until there's a calamity? Like I think I think you are waiting for the great inflation calamity of the 2020s, the great well, commodities I, collapse. Well, I, I do have I do have very long positions. I own calls that go out to 2023, and I sell short dated calls against it all the time. But that's only about 50% of my portfolio. The other half is just selling very short-dated premium on volatility. So at this point, I don't particularly care which way the market goes, but I'm not comfortable with where it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, neither am I, but I'm just ignoring it like a normal person. Okay? It's worked out. Accepting that there's a business out there where I can put American dollars into a platform that's converted to coins, virtual coins that gives me 8.6% APR. Can't miss, which is what a person says before they lose their house. Okay. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, I wouldn't do it for 8%. It doesn't seem worth it, but you know, then again, I also don't have large sums of cash just sitting around. So like most of it's out doing stuff already. Well, you do now because I finally paid you back for your bet on the Niners to win the NFC two seasons ago. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. So you take that spare quiche. Get 8% on it. Get 8% on it and you can retire. Nice. That, that, yeah, that's how it works. All right, good. Huh? Gentlemen, James, Robert, thanks, thanks for joining. Talk to you later. Yeah.